Hey y'all, this is Mallory Irvin and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best. And that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. And welcome back to the Living Fully Podcast. I am certain that I say how excited I am for the episode in the beginning of every episode. But having Gabby Bernstein on again is just something that I am over the top excited about, especially this conversation that we're going to bring you today. She talks about something that she's never talked about before, which is a part of her journey of infertility. And it is just a really killer episode. And I adore Gabby. She and I have been friends since she came on my podcast the first time. And she's helped members of my family get through things. She's helped me get through things. And she's just man, is she awesome. So we're going to talk about everything today, manifesting, visualization, trusting the universe, how you get to a place where you feel like good things are flowing to you and you're your most authentic self. Just It's just a really killer conversation. So in case you guys don't know who Gabby is, I'm going to give you a brief intro. So for over 15 years, Gabby Bernstein has been transforming lives including her own, which is a really amazing story. She is a number one New York Times bestselling author, and she has written eight, actually I think nine books. My favorite, The Universe Has Your Back, one that I've recently talked about on podcast, Super Attractor. And she's just written a million amazing books. Nine feels like a million because I'm in the middle of writing my own and I understand what a feat it would be to write nine books. She was also featured on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday as a next generation thought leader The Oprah Winfrey Network chose Gabby to be part of Super Soul 100, which was a dynamic group of trailblazers whose vision and life work are bringing a higher level of consciousness to the world. The New York Times identified Gabby as a new role model. She co-hosted the Guinness Book of World Records' latest guided meditation with Deepak Chopra. She appears regularly on the Today Show, on Good Morning America, and in several publications. And she connects with her community through her books, through the Miracle Memberships, through the Spirit Junkie apps, through social media, through podcasts, masterclasses, digital workshops, e-courses, live events, and more when we could have live events. But they're coming again soon, guys. So without further ado, I bring my friend Gabby Bernstein on here with an amazing conversation. So thrilled to be, just to be able to have another conversation with you, Gabby, is always just a gift for me and for my whole audience. Well, the same for me, my friend, because, and I know that it at the, the same reason that your audience loves you so much is why I love you so much is because you are in the pursuit of feeling good and it's contagious and it's, it's so nice to connect with people like that. So right. thank you. That is a, a compliment and something that I've been like, since we did the podcast the first time and we talked a lot about, it was last year at this time. So just to refresh your memory. So you had just turned in, you are the guru. We've mm. talked a lot of fear because we were just in the pandemic. Mm. Everything was going down. We were talking about manifesting. We were talking about feeling good, but we talked a lot about fear and just how to live your life and and exist and try to get rid of this fear. Mm -hmm. So I asked my audience, I was like, what do you want to hear from Gabby this time? And so many people are so still 
you know, asking about manifesting, asking about how to get rid of negative thoughts, because even though we're kind of on the latter half of this, people are fearful like that it or something else is going to happen again. Oh, yeah. I've got a lot of of different questions and and I'm so excited to talk about, you know, a, a lot of these things around this. But just because you just said that about feeling good and in pursuit of joy, I want to talk. I want to start talking about that because people always ask, what's manifesting 101? How do you do it? Like, where do I start? And that's where you start, right? Oh, yeah. Ultimately, the the simple way of describing what manifesting is, is that we have the ability to attract into our life, our likeness. So what we put out, we get back. I have really wanted to emphasize for folks that if you're in a negative place, you're not going to immediately start attracting horrible things into your life. But the cumulative effect of that negativity starts to, one, block what you really want and to obviously create more, more disturbances. So we, through the power of our thoughts and our belief systems, our actions and our words, we can claim a new energy a new feeling, really, a new way of feeling, that feeling is what supports our attracting power or blocks it. So we have a lot. So I've written nine books now on the topic of reorganizing and undoing fear so that we can reclaim that sense of serenity, peace, steadiness, and connection to a spiritual relationship or connection to the universe or connection to just what you want, if you want to just call it feeling good. That's fine too. It's a beautiful way to describe it. Yeah. It's funny too, because people think once I manifest this thing, this baby, this house, this person, this job, then I'll feel good. Yes. But it's, you always teach us that it's the opposite. If you don't feel good and if you're still like spinning and manic manifesting, I love it when you use that word, it probably ain't going to happen. <laughs> right, right. We, we often think that when I have that thing, I'll be happy but it's really the opposite. It's when I am feeling good, what I want comes into my life in ways that are far greater than we could ever imagine, in ways that we probably never could have possibly imagined. Because it's when we just claim that the primary manifestation is feeling good, regardless of what's happening around us, then whatever is happening around us can start to amplify, multiply, and really surprise us yeah. in great ways. Yeah. I, I, I feel that and I feel it deeply, but sometimes I still fall into the manic manifester category. And I love it how you describe this person because I'm like, oh, shoot, I was doing that. Like I get, you get obsessed with the spiritual practice and you're doing all the boards and you're doing all the affirmations and you're reading all the books and and you're, it's just another addiction. It's an addiction to a spiritual practice, like you say. Yeah. And it not only can manic manifesting become an addiction to trying to get something and trying to control the universe or play tricks with the universe, but it also can be a form of spiritual bypassing. And I've, I've actually really started to call this out more now as, as I've moved into a deeper, deeper spiritual foundation where I can look back and say, oh, wow, for years I was even meditating to get past my problems. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that meditation and spirituality are not a incredible way of 
transcending negativity and reclaiming a better state of being, but they can also become practices that we use to avoid dealing with bigger underlying belief systems that need to be unpacked, possibly therapeutically or in a a deeper, a deeper undoing of somatic experience or mental disturbances or whatever it may be, therapeutic practices. So Mm -hmm. I just, I just want to acknowledge that because I think that people that start to wake up to a spiritual practice are like, amazing, I feel so good. And then very similarly to whatever their other drug of choice might've been, they can use their spiritual practice as another way of getting high and getting the stuff that they actually really need to resolve. Now, if someone were to say, would I rather be using drugs or rather meditating? I'd say meditate any day of the week. (laughs) But- And also it's not that you that you want to not be in your spiritual practice, but you want to make sure that you're also really looking closely at the underlying patterns that keep you stuck in the core belief systems of fear in the first place. Yeah. And you you said well ago control and, and, and negative thinking. So, you know, if you're a person that's sitting here and you're hearing you say all of these things and you're thinking, I can't get through a day without just negative thoughts, negative thoughts, negative thoughts, attached to a negative thoughts, and you're going down the lazy river with that negative thought all day long. So how do you, I know the choose again method, I know, how do you recommend a person that has these negative intrusive thoughts, they feel that they're standing in the way of feeling good? What Mm. is your advice to that person? Because I think that's a question I get asked a lot. Let's put it this way. So there's, there's two levels of showing up for your negative thoughts. One level is the reprogramming process, which I can talk about, which I, I refer to as a process that I've coined the choose again method, which I'll teach. And another one is doing, like I said, deeper therapeutic practices, going, go, going and finding that internal family systems therapist or that person who does EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. I can explain all of these and going in and doing deeper, truly neuro, neuro, like really changing your neural pathways and undoing the habitual effects of the fight, flight, freeze Mm -hmm. response. Yeah. it's both. It's it's it, and many people can start that journey of undoing their thought forms through practices that they find in self help books like Super Attractor. So I think I'm like a gateway to deeper, further, f- further modalities. I'm not a therapist, though I have had uh, decades of deep dive therapy. So I am ex- I, mean, I, I am a very seasoned, th- therapized human. Yes. <laughs> but, but but I uh, so I so I wanted to. Talk Talk about it from those two levels because level one is starting to notice the negative thoughts. And this is the choose again method that I mm-hmm. notice those negative thoughts that you have on repeat. And the first step is to notice the thought and how it makes you feel. And this is such a big, brave step of just becoming aware and conscious of the negative thought forms that are standing in your way. And so that's step one, notice and how does it make you feel? The second step is to forgive yourself for having the thought because when we have a thought that we keep thinking, as Abraham Hicks says, it becomes a belief. A belief is just a thought that you keep thinking. So if you forgive yourself and say, oh my God, there's just that thought I keep thinking again, I forgive myself, that step takes the pressure off, takes the, and and it separates you, the individual, from the thought. Oh, that's just a thought I keep thinking. It's not who I am. Yeah. Got step two. And then step three is the fun part, which is to reach for the next best feeling thought. So if the negative thought is, I gained 17 pounds this year. So let's use that negative thought. I gained 17 pounds as you're doing IVF for a year. Mm-hmm. When you're on medication every single day for 365 days, you're going to gain weight. And so 
I gained a lot of more weight than I gained other than being pregnant. And for someone who isn't accustomed to that, and so I don't want to be in any way insensitive because many people struggled with this their entire lives and they're going to be like, screw you, Gabby, you have one time in your life where this is a struggle, F off. But it was, you know, I'm a woman. It was still, it was still Yeah, that's hard. So here I was and I had gained the 17 pounds and, you know, people were like saying things on the internet, like, what did you do to your face? And like, you look like you've put too much filler in. And I'm like, fuck you. I gained 17 pounds. And so what did I do to choose again? So notice the thought and how it makes me feel. What makes me feel frustrated and it keeps coming back. Forgive myself for having the thought. Okay. So that is a thought that I keep thinking and it's not, you know, I can forgive myself completely for that thought. Step three, choose again. So here's how I would choose again in that case. All right, Gabby, listen, you didn't look that great when you were underweight. So let's 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 be grateful for some of these extra pounds. And you know what, Gabby, now you have a healthier baseline. So maybe you don't want to be at 17 pounds. Maybe you want to be 10 pounds more than you were before. And you know what? You were doing this in the pursuit of making a child and your body needs more weight on your body to, to conceive. And be you're a 41-year-old woman and how amazing it is that you have the resources to be able to have insurance to do this yes. process and to be able to go through this. And what a privilege and a luxury. And, you know, even though it's been frustrating, you had so much fun while you were driving to these hour away appointments, but it was the only time that I got out of the house for COVID. And it was the time that I was really studying and learning new things. And I could keep going and going and going, Mallory, I could go and go. So do you see how I'm talking about it? And there's nothing negative anymore. It's like, that was a pretty process. This is okay. And now I can have fun cleansing and, and clearing and, 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 and see myself getting back to a healthy place and just really thinking your way out, talking your way out. Yeah. So that's an example of how I've been using the choose again method. We touched on it in the last podcast because your journey to having your son was one where you showed up like a lot of us do and had to put your practices in place, like when you would get fearful or want to control. And then you have this beautiful baby. and now that you've shared, like you've been going through IVF for the past year. And Gabby, I get asked by so many people questions about fertility from specifics. How, how did you, it was there an app that you used or did you use this, these sticks or did you, because I think these are people trying to find out what it was and control their process, which is, I've tried to do too. I get it. So can, can we talk a little bit about that because here you are, you're the surrender. You've written eight, going to be nine soon, self-help books. And now though you are utilizing IVF to continue Mm -hmm. your journey to have another baby. And I believe that you will. So can you speak to that? Because I, I think that we could all learn a lot about that. I think I I heard you say recently when you were talking about your postpartum depression that you know, you grew up homeopathic and you were like, that was the first prescription you ever filled. Yeah. So this is kind of this interesting world to you. But I've also heard you say before that God works through medicine and doctors. Totally. Yeah. And I love that, that you, you bridge both sides of so many divides so beautifully, be, more beautifully than I've ever seen anyone do it. So can you speak to that and anyone that's dealing with infertility or that has dealt with loss? Let's go there. Okay. Let's talk about fertility. Let's talk about the, I'm not even going to say the other word because 
I, I actually, you know, so many people for years, what took me three years to conceive my son. And it was like, oh, what, why do you think you're struggling with infertility? What? And first of all, for me then it was like, because I had a anxiety disorder that was undiagnosed <laughs> and, you know, because so much of, so much, I believe of the diagnosis of infertility is actually a stress condition. So let's, we can start with that. But also when you get to a certain age, you just don't ovulate as frequently. Your, your, yeah. your, your follicles may not be as, as strong. You just don't have as many opportunities. So having the ability to use the resources like an IVF or IUI or fertility treatment, which is once again, a luxury because so many people cannot afford these things. And and frankly, I, um, I'm hoping to get behind doing some sponsoring of women to get their IVF. And I have a lot of extra medication that I, I I don't know if I can legally donate. I'm going to find a way to donate. I know I can't do it through my clinic, but there's just so much unused, unpackaged medication. So I just want to just help as many women who are financially not able to do this. But, but when you have the privilege of being able to utilize these resources as someone who has been struggling to conceive, it's something that while it's a difficult process, and I don't want to in any way deny that, it's a privilege and it's a it's a it's a gift, and and it typically works for people, and it and and it's and it's a journey because the fertility journey, whether you are on it through medication or you're on it naturally, is one of the most heart opening journeys of your life, and can be the most heartbreaking experience of your life, and. It for and it's really the woman in particular who gets so affected because it's your body carrying the the life. It's also your body taking the shots. It's your body that you as the woman are typically the one thinking about when you're ovulating or when the most optimal time is to have sex. And it becomes a real a real struggle for. I don't want to in any way take away the male the man's experience, but it's obviously it's, it, it's a lot on us. And I can really just speak for myself when I, it took me three years to conceive my son and then I did IUI and I got, I got pregnant with him very quickly once I did, once I did my second round of IUI. So it was almost like these three years of me trying naturally and being super stressed out were exactly as they needed to be because I needed to have all that personal growth and healing and recovery to get to the moment in time when my son would come through. And so while I do believe that it was the support, the support of the IUI, what I believe more and, and I also had done a huge gut cleanse and I believe in the bodily experience of cleansing my body, having the support of, of a little bit of uh, estrogen and the timing of the IUI. But mostly I believe it was my energetic state that was finally in a place to hold and be a container for a human life. That I can tell you, Mallory, with all with full conviction that that was the key ingredient because if i i can look back and i can say holy wow oh my god thank god it didn't happen a day sooner now fast forward though that you that you say it like that because so many people probably would think if i had only done the iui six Mm -mm. months into trying Mm -mm. but it's Mm -mm. so if i had done the iui three years earlier it wouldn't have worked because that's not i believe that's not when the spirit baby wanted to come in and forgive me because i'm going to go off the rails here because i've got so much to say about this because here i am right fast forward two years later my son is two years old three years really since the procedure and i'm i had to spend this past year driving through COVID, driving back and forth to the clinic, doing a year of, of, of fertility treatment. And I really, this is the first time I'm sharing this story. So I'm really excited to do it here. Oh, thank, I think I, that means a lot. Place to do it. But 
it's it's just being being in that process of just constant medication and constant weight gain and not having your body. But the whole time, Mallory, I stayed in the consistent faith that there was indeed a child coming. And I made the full commitment to stay there. There was only one time when I got out of faith. And it was when I actually realized that the way that the doctor was medicating me wasn't right for me. And that's something that I really want to say to the women who have this opportunity to do medical support. This is really for anyone advocating for themselves in the medical world. You are not the doctor, but you also are, you are dwelling in your own body and you have an intuitive force. Mm -hmm. And so there came a point where I was like, dude, you are pumping me with hormones, like, uh, you know, to try to get a bajillion eggs out of me. And I keep rendering the same amount of eggs that are not going to what's called blastocyst because they were not, they were getting beat up. The eggs were fragile and they were getting beat up. And in my meditation, I heard that you have fragile eggs. And so I intervened and said, I want to do a low stimulation path. Ultimately, I think that's, that's going to be the, 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 I'm not going to go fully into the whole story, but, but I, I intervened and I, and it was the right move. In any case, there's so much to be said here. One, you know, one thing to unpack here is if you're on that fertility path, make sure that you are indeed advocating yourself, but you're not trying to pretend you're the doctor, but just that you're doing your part, you're, you're educating yourself and you're yeah. trusting your intuition. Likes to control and likes to move the pieces around. I just like I've had my history with things like you have too. I lo- more is more to me sometimes. And mm-hmm. in my, the middle of my vision board this year, I have one of your spirit junkie prayer. I got I have three of your spirit junkie prayer cards on my vision board this year. Yeah. And the one, but the one that's right in the middle is I can do less than attract more. That's right. Because that's right. Yeah. that don't make no sense to me. Right. But it does more and more as I practice that. It's hard for me. I live my whole life with my brake on the with my foot on the brake and the gas at the same time. And yeah. it just does yeah. not serve me in in anything. And I love the story that you just shared with us. And thank you for sharing that. Gabby. Can I help you with the foot on the brake and the gas? Can I help yeah. you with that? Okay, yes. cool. Let me dear Gabby you for a second. Yes, okay. Yes. Oh my God. Any chance, you know, it's funny. It's like if you were to describe me, I'm like a fixer. And that can be really annoying when you're married to me or if you're my friend <laughs> because I'm constantly <laughs> trying to fix things. But it's fantastic when you're, you know, somebody that wants my advice. So, oh, I and I know you do. So I'm not, and this is not unsolicited. So, okay. When you are the foot on the gas and the foot on the brakes, at the same time. And you're just, you're just in this sort of struggle of, I got to do, 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 and I got to stop, stop, stop. And you want to be able to find that balance. What's happening is, is really just honoring and identifying those two different parts of yourself so that they can come into harmony because neither part is bad. And this is, I'm, I'm leaning right now into some of this um, parts work, which is internal family systems therapy, which I'm studying through their inner circle program and really fascinated by. So I just want to speak to what I know of it today. So there's these two parts of you, this one part of you that's like, go, go, go. And that part of you, even if it's coming from an extreme place, has done great in the world. And it has done a good job of protecting you from maybe dealing with certain feelings you haven't wanted to deal with. It's done a great job of 
producing and creating incredible content. It's done a great job of being a very, very uh, hands-on mama. It's, you know, having such a beautiful home. Like that part of you is what creates and and, and manifests. Not, I don't use the man- word manifest, but it it is participating in the manifesting process. Okay. And there's this part of you that's like, I want to put down the brakes. I want to lean into my spiritual faith. I want to, I want to slow it down. Is that correct? Is that how you Uh, describe it? That's a hundred percent it. Okay. Great. That part is perfect. That part is a call, divine connection to spirituality and your own faith of your own understanding. And so it's not necessarily about being in one of those extreme roles, but it's about allowing them to work together. And so the way to merge these, these, these parts of yourself and not even merge them, but just begin to get them out of their extreme roles is first and foremost by recognizing them and starting to notice them and notice, okay, you know what? I'm in that, that, you know, wild woman right now. And that wild woman could use a little bit of support from the meditator, right? You can just name them. (laughs) And so you can even literally say like, okay, meditator, like what would you want the wild woman to do right now? (laughs) Right. And and I'm not really, you know, just to be very clear, like I'm not a trained IFS therapist. And some of what I'm saying is just based on my own interpretation of it. So I don't want to in any way imply that doing that on you, but that's, that's how I've interpreted this is just that there are no bad parts of us that they all have a, a, a responsibility. They all have, have a role. Sometimes those roles yeah. can be very extreme. And so it's about allowing yourself to ha- have other parts help you get out of those extreme roles. I, so have, have, have the part of me that is, is yearning, like you just said, that's the part of you that's yearning for that spiritual practice. Say, okay, well, what do you want to say to this woman that wants to do and do and do today? I like thinking of them coexisting, and I've never thought about that because I always think you got to go because this one has to be the one that exists today. And now you have to go because I got to get stuff done. And you know, it's kind of a funny thing, but I've scheduled my day with different parts. So wow. my my worker producer, I've, I'm a super producer. Okay, mm-hmm. my super producer part loves to work from eight to noon. She is like got the coffee. She's got the childcare. She is like ready to rumble. And that's my magic hour for really producing. At noon, my meditator ha- ha- like needs space to relax. Yeah. To I do a 40-minute meditation listening to binaural music and just super ha- palms up, legs out, just chilling, very mm-hmm. relaxing meditation. And then the afternoon is sort of the afternoon, I, I don't know who I am anymore. I think I'm <laughs> a combination of both. It really depends on the day. But but recognizing when those parts of you can be the most beneficial at different points in the day. A lot of my my followers did the manifesting challenge mm-hmm. this year. And what how many years have you been doing that? This is our second year doing it. Oh, just then, two. Okay. Yeah. And then we do a meditation challenge that launches in July and goes into August. Okay. And that's really valuable for people. Well, I'm excited about that one. Okay. But I have the portal where I u- utilize a lot of your resources from the mm-hmm. bestseller masterclass. It's so funny. It, when I started writing my book and I, I, Gabby talked me through a lot of like kind of fear and off of a couple cliffs that I was probably meant to stand at the edge of mm-hmm. for some universal reason. And I'm here for you for more anything that you want when you watch the book too. So I, she, she was like, I have a bestseller masterclass. And um, and you should check it out. So I did that meditation. There are so many people that are not like you and I that have the publishing deal and have the book or have, 
maybe they've written the book and they're like, it didn't get the attention that I wanted it to, or I don't even know how to start. How do you do I go to Kinko's mm-hmm. and print my book off? How do I do this? How do I get it in the books, bookshelves? How do I even begin to do this? And that masterclass is really cool because whether you're a person that just is like, I got time on my hands, I've just retired from my job, or I've got more time on my hands because COVID's changed something about my job. A lot of people want to put their ideas down and I think there's a lot of room in this space. So something that I'm really excited that's coming out is the podcast. Girl, girl. Ah! First of all, you know, this is a great example of do less and attract more. Mm -hmm. It's a great example of follow the fun and you will be shown what to do. Mm -hmm. I was hit in the beginning of the pandemic with this, wow, my stage was taken from me and everyone had something major taken from them in in far worse ways than that. Mm -hmm. And in my case, I just knew I had to show up. I knew I had to serve at my highest capacity. I knew that it was time to, it was go time. Mm -hmm. I looked back and I said, oh, Gabby, you've been training for this for the last 15 years. How are you going to show up? I prayed about it. I said, what miracles would you have me perform? How can I show up at my highest capacity? I started to get this hit that I could use what was right in front of me, which many of us started going live on Instagram, most people. I was like, well, what do I do best? I, I'm a fixer. I like to fix people. So I wanted to just riff with people. I wanted, I longed to see people's faces. I, part of the experience of being a motivational speaker, my favorite thing about being on stage is the Q and A. And it's the part that people are holding their breath. They're like, holy shit, can she answer that question? And yes, I can. And it's such a thrilling experience to be able to help people transform in seconds. Because when they ask a question or they come on a live in front of thousands of strangers, they're clearly wanting help. So they're, they're brave and they're willing. And that's the best place to meet me. So I've been, I've spent a year doing this Instagram show called Dear Gabby, where I was just interviewing people or people actually asking me questions and they'd come to me and they'd ask me these Dear Gabby questions, just like we did with you. And I would really just be there to, to, to land them with the answer. And it became a movement. It's not a podcast, it's a movement. And what was very clear to me in a loud, loud voice, the universe conspired with, you know, offers from podcasts coming to me, new agents banging down my door. And it was clear. It was like, this is a podcast. And it was, wasn't that I was like, let me go do a podcast. It was that my podcast found me and it was the clearest path. And I'm going to tell you something right now from my mouth to God's ears and yours. This is major. This dear Gabby podcast well, I believe, I believe is that. no joke. And I, and I'm on when, when, you know, in your life, when you're on the precipice of something massive, it's almost like you have this tingly feeling and you just kind of like, can't, you know, contain it. It's just like, wow. I can tell you now, this is going to be a life-changing tool for people. It's a free resource that people can access at any moment and that will change them on a molecular level because of the willingness to listen and the desire to heal. Yeah. I am deeply proud to announce that it's launching in April of 2021 and it will take on a life of its own. I'm so excited for that. There's something so special um, being in people's ears. I, I love 
you know, that the tool of Instagram, it's so cool seeing people, but I have witnessed with doing a podcast myself because I did YouTube and all the other things. There's something really special about Mm -hmm. podcasts. And it seems like the people that come to podcasts, they're not aimlessly scrolling through things and they stumble across. There's something intentional about going and listening to a podcast that it produces something new. And I, I love it that you just own your big things. So many of us are afraid to do that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that is so amazing that you, that you you're like, this is huge because it yeah. is going to be huge. And I also, you know, I want to point something out about that. So like when I said that you and I'm sure everybody listening, none of you were like, what a conceited bitch. I don't think that's the case because of my energy around it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just telling you, like it is, this is going to be transformational because it is in the pursuit of so much good. And when you can claim that in your own life and you can ground yourself in that kind of conviction and steadiness because it's not about you anymore, Mm -hmm. that's when the universe conspires. That's when people say, all right, I'm going to listen up because your ego isn't there. Yeah. It's not about me. I was doing just fine, living my life the way it was, mm-hmm. happy as can be, without the pressure of having to do One this. Podcast. <laughs> but this was being asked of me, and it is the greatest use of me. And that's why I can say unapologetically, it is going to rock the world. Mm. That's it. that's my answer. Mm. <laughs> we'll have to listen back to this in a I year from now. Like that to so many different things. If we are just in the pursuit of something good versus yeah. the pursuit of making somebody see that I did something big, that's more right. than that's the right. pursuit of, I need to make more money more than the pursuit of, I need people that are following me to see me as this. If it can just be the pursuit of something good. And I've seen things in my own life that I started doing as the pursuit of something good that can start to not get away from that. I always want to do good, but it can start taking on a life of its own. Like when the sponsorships start coming in and it, or when other people get involved and it can just kind of barely drift away from that. And I always, am like, I got to pull it back because it's got to come back to the baseline. My book, it dro- drove me off, uh, off the wall at the end. Cause I just, you know, you've read it so many times. It's gone back and forth so many times. It's like so long, the writing process, mm-hmm. my writing process doesn't look like yours. Whenever you show your, look at Gabby's Instagram, she's like writing and it's got, she's got these oils and she's got these statues and prayer cards and like six different types of teas or vinegars or some kind of drop of oil and something. And it's so, I'm like, man, I want to next book I write, I, I want to write. I have something, <laughs> I have something for you and for all of your listeners. I created okay. this PDF with, it's called the writer's block cheat sheet. And I'll give you the link for your show notes. Okay. I want any writer to just download this because that is so important. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those things that really help folks clear the space and have that Zen writing experience yeah. that I have, that I truly have. Yeah. So yeah. You have it all the way through? Uh, yes. Oh. I love, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, listen, I'm not like, there's many things that I struggle to do. That isn't one of them. So it's, it's, you know, there's certain areas where just like, that just works. And then there's, there's, oh, yeah. that's a little bit of a struggle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. hiring is not as the easiest thing in yeah. the world. Right? You know? <laughs> um, that's not my strength. I've hired somebody to do it for me. Um, so, you know, but we have our strengths and, and for me letting, but the other, the biggest reason why I'm, uh, uh, I, I write with ease is because I'm not a perfectionist. Were you ever a perfectionist? Never. You weren't. Okay. I heard you on a podcast say that you are Scorpio, which I didn't know, which I'm not, I don't know a lot about the signs, 
but I'm also Scorpio. anything about a Scorpio, you know me. Well, when's your birthday? November 1st, 11 one. Okay. We're like in the same week. I'm October 26th. Yes, um, girl. So You're totally Scorpio. a Scorpio. Yeah, I am. Can you could tell that you? Probably yeah, I actually it. know because when I meet Scorpio women, I always feel really connected to them and feel like a very strong affinity to them. Uh-huh. It's always very clear to me. That is fascinating. Scorpios <laughs> like to control, right? <laughs> well, Scorpios, I think, are, are kind of have a bad rap for being the, the like wanting to sting back and. Mm-hmm. There's two ways of looking at a Scorpio. It's like the sort of underdeveloped Scorpio that's like, if you fuck with me, you fuck with death row. And that was the old Gabby. <laughs> for, forgive me, everybody. I've been cursing a lot on this show. And then there's the part of you that, uh, the other part of the Scorpio that's sort of the eagle, kind of like flying above it all. And so I think as you develop as a Scorpio, you can kind of get into that more elevated, I'm above this and I don't need to go down there in place. But there's always a pull to be like, I posted something on my Instagram. Actually, let me, let me read this to you. What did I post today? I posted like a, it was really good. It was some repost of a quote and it said the best revenge is no revenge, move on, be happy. And somebody in the comments wrote to me that say that to a Scorpio. And I said to her, listen, I'm a Scorpio too. And I struggle with it, but it, it, it is the ultimate response because because listen, you know, I was super betrayed by some folks that I've worked with in the past. I've had, you know, many difficult situations in in particularly like work relationships. But the only thing I can do is see my part in it, clean up my side of the street, yeah. be better moving forward and let go. Because if I'm going to hold on to like what they did to me and the betrayal and, you know, like how in the hell am I going to move forward with you know, serenity in my future relationships. Right. And so my ability to really take care of my side of the street has made me a better boss. It's made me a better person, coworker, if you want to call me a coworker, it's made me also just to make a living amends for any behavior from my past. But most importantly, it's helped me just sort of like let go of what was done to me. Because often when we're in a place of like somebody did something to me, it's because there's a part of us that feels ashamed about something we did too. That's so true. And I was trying to find the quote because I had like written it down. There's something about like the things that cause us the most pain and struggle. uh, We should be grateful for those things because they reveal the deeper work that we need to do. So if it's that's exactly it. Yes. People on the outside, like saying something to you that's that's really deeply affecting you. That deeply affects me. That's one of my things for sure. Mm -hmm. That's some deeper work that I need to do. Yeah, I don't think anybody can really get away with, look, you know, certain things will be always triggering for you. And so when you notice that trigger, it's a wounded place within you. If somebody says something to you, like, for instance, like I posted something that my friend sent me. She was like, Ollie should be friends with Archie. Like the royal. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> and people started going off. I posted because it, it was a joke. And people started going off on my Instagram. How dare you? And I'm like, literally, I'm like, yo, cancel culture. Like, this is the weirdest one to go after me about. Isn't it bizarre? And so, I, it's so it's so stupid. But so I don't get upset about that stuff because I'm just like, okay, you all are just in a bad mood and you just, and so I'm going to delete it because I don't need any fucking bullshit in my space. <laughs> then um, there's a lot of bleeping I think that's going to have to happen here. Um, But then if it's something like the woman calling me saying that my face looks weird and I'm like, lady, I gained 17 pounds. It's it's like a personal assault, it feels like. And so what did that, what was that for me? That was an opportunity for me to look in and say, Gabby, this is still something that's triggering for you. Let's do the choose again method. Let's do the work on it. Let's focus now that you're off medication on getting to a place where you do feel healthy and whatever it was that I needed to do, right? So I think you have to just look at those those people and instead of pointing the finger at them and saying, wow, you're such a a Mm a-hole, 
really instead point that finger back at yourself and say, what is it that I can learn from this? What can I do to heal from this? But then there are those instances where people are mad at you because you posted a joke about Archie and oh, you're no, like, no, it's, um, it's, 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 <laughs> it's scary to be in this space right now because everyone is so sensitive and that, that makes, but me you know what though? Wolf. It's the boy who cried wolf. It doesn't work anymore. The, it, the oversensitivity has actually imploded on itself. You think a hundred percent shift. Oh, I could give two SHITs about people being mad about the Archie post. Like I'm, I take it down because I just don't want that drama on my page, but it's like, what it's something that I know is not in the, in any way a fault, right? Like if you do something and you were ignorant or you do something that was insensitive or, you know, just like unconscious or whatever it could have been take ownership of that. Mm-hmm. But when That's you different. like make a joke and people want to go after you, if you're like, you know, whatever it is that, 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 that people want to just dig into every little freaking thing right now, yeah. that you, it, it's actually really, it's screwing up the activist movement yeah. because yes. it has yes. no weight anymore. Yeah. Well, it also messes just the boy who cried wolf. It's like it every messes- goddamn thing is going to piss somebody yeah. off. Well, it messes up the whole like mistakes. Gosh, think of the mistakes that everyone has made that everyone's grown from what what's scary to me is that like mistakes now are not accepted that people of course you take accountability if and and you change and you grow but that that's what scares me when i see someone being canceled for something that they didn't know mm-hmm. and they and an apology and growth is not accepted yes. because of cancel culture being so rampant right now and it's true you're right if we can't hold people in with pride and acknowledgement for their ability to acknowledge their mistakes and make right, then there is no room for growth. So in July, you said that you're launching the meditation challenge. Yes. yes. I also, we'll put that in there because people listen to these podcasts throughout. Yes. I'm so excited about that one too, because meditation is something that feels in the clouds to a lot of people. And sometimes it does totally. to me. So yes. yeah, I just take I people so 21 days. It's very simple and straightforward. You just make it all sound simple and straightforward. <laughs> my job. That's my job. <laughs> it's your, you do a good job at your job. Well, thank you so much, Gabby. Blessing this audience with just some more wisdom and helping us to live in a more enlightened state. You're a gift to the world, I swear. I love you. So are you, baby. Well, I appreciate you. Okay. So thank you guys so much for listening to this. You can find everything Gabby Bernstein in the show notes and greatly appreciate you guys tuning in. Tune in next Monday for more. I just wanted to do a quick reminder in case you guys just couldn't get enough of Gabby, like I can't get enough of Gabby, which is why I've done two podcasts with her. She just launched her own podcast and it's actually out today if you're listening to my podcast on the first day that it comes out. But the show that Gabby is doing, it's going to have two different types of episodes. The first one will be like a live Q&A with her guests. They'll be from all around the world. And they're going to get Dear gabby which is basically where they get coached by Gabby. The Dear Gabby episodes are unscripted. They're minimally edited. It's just going to be her helping these people out. So those are going to be really cool. And then the second type of episode is called Big Talk with Gabby. So in these episodes, she's going to host like intimate, free-flowing conversations. Being that she always says she hates small talk, this is going to be like jumping straight into big conversations. So. I love everything Gabby Bernstein. And if you guys do too, be sure to check out her podcast that just launched. And I will put that link in the show notes. 
Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.